You are listening to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Because I can't podcast nothing at all. Guys, it has been a super fun ride so far. Unfortunately, the skateboard ride is going to come to an abrupt halt because what happens in this episode, Dan? Well, Bart gets hit by a car. Literally, and that's the episode entitled Bart Gets Hit by a Car. <laughs> they even have the episode title on screen. They even yes, call it. He does the opening and it is like a season two episode yeah, 10. Like, Bart gets hit by a car. <laughs> and it's like, well, damn. And then Bart gets hit by a car. Uh, spoiler alert Bart gets hit by a car. This is like when you get, when you're playing Portal 2. And it gets to the part where it says, this is the part where she kills us. Yeah. And you get, like, the, the, uh, it's like, I don't know the exact order, but it's like, the other character, Wheatley says, this is the part where she kills us. And the screen also says, it's like the name of the, the title of the new section of the game, this is the part where she kills us. And then she says, this is the part where she kills us. And then they... Trophy unlocks it. This is the part where she kills <laughs> I also like the part where uh, he tells you to just jump in the pit and kill yourself. And if you do it, you actually get an achievement. And as you're dying, he's like, oh, wow, I can't believe that worked. One of those hidden achievements. So, yes, Bart does indeed get hit by a car. Uh, but before we do that, because I've been kind of skimping on the plugs lately, let me do plugs real quick. Make sure you guys check out the other great shows on this network, including The Nerd Table, every Monday at 7 a.m. with myself, Eric Flores, and Dan Peck. Make sure you check out Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks, both by Jeff Trelowitz. Check out the Motivational Moves podcast. New episodes drop the first of every uh, first Monday of every month. Check out J Bunny's Music Hub. New episodes and backlog episodes being uploaded weekly. The Bored to Death Binge Cast, where you can watch stuff in easy-to-digest chunks as they review TV shows. The Race Nerd Podcast with Matt Hardman. And soon to be making its return, Chris Ranks the Universe, where we're going to do some Mandalorian stuff. Just got to set a date on mm. when I want to do that, but I think I've got my ranking pretty much set, so. Yes, and that'll all be coming up here. So this is... Our 23rd episode of the Stupid Sexy Podcast, where we review the 23rd episode of, well, you know, the the Samsons, exactly, as a season two, episode 10. Of course, as always, we have to start it off with what we always started off with. Your chalkboard gag says, I will not sell school property. And as the family gets on the couch, they all gather in, and Homer slowly forces all of them onto the floor as he just sits there and crosses his legs comfortably. He's fat! Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he is. Did you know that the original broadcast of this episode got a 14.5 rating? Holy crap. Which was only good for 30 seconds in the week. You imagine now a 14.5 rating would be the highest rating of the entire year, maybe. Seriously, yeah. Because didn't, uh, I, that was like a big thing I remember reading was that the the inaugural Royal Rumble did like an 8.3, and that was better than any 
wrestling show had ever done, including the Monday Night Wars at its peak. Nobody ever did that good. So yeah, 14. Well, I mean, that's, that's like 80, 88 or something like that. That's, that's like crazy, yeah. There was four channels. Still freaking crazy, though. Yeah. Uh, January 10th, 1991 is when this episode aired. So, as we know, Bart's skateboarding through Springfield and kind of noticed right away he is actually kind of reckless about it, right? Because he's like cutting off old ladies and almost hits a guy coming out of a manhole. I'm surprised they didn't have him going from right to left. Yeah. And just really, really uh, put that right on front street and something bad's going to happen. And he comes down the sidewalk and immediately gets hit by a car. Now, before we get into the actual plot of the episode, uh, this was kind of a two-fault system, right? Because Bart was not paying attention at all. And while the pat the pedestrian is usually the one that the courts favor in these situations, uh, yeah, there there was definitely some uh, extra fault there. But we'll talk about the court case as we get to it. First things first, Burns is actually driving the car, and yeah. la- in later seasons, Burns does not drive. That's actually a big plot point of Homer the Smithers, right? Is that Burns learns to chauffeur himself. So yeah, Burns hits him and Smithers is trying to, you know, do the responsible thing. And Burns like, just put a nickel on him and let's get out of here. And Bart, his uh, his soul, his spirit, whatever you want to call it, ascends from his body onto a golden escalator. And the first time we hear Phil Hartman's voice. Yes, he's the, uh, he's, he's heaven's... He's basically he's heaven's uh his heaven's loudspeaker pretty much. The white zone is for the immediately. <laughs> and all he says is hold on to the handrail and don't spit over the side. And he says it in Spanish too. Yes. So Bart sees uh great grandpa Simpson strangling young Abraham or good old Orville Simpson. And he even sees Snowball One. Who so there's always been a thing with Snowball One on these shows. Because Snowball 2 is black, and that never made any sense. And they've actually depicted Snowball 1 as black, like in Treehouse of Horror 3. But in reality, Snowball was a white cat. That was the thing. Snowball was a white cat who got ran over by the mayor's drunken... What was it? It was a beer-spitting drunk cousin Clovis or something like that. That's why Snowball 1 has tire marks on her. But... Snowball 1's also depicted as looking exactly like Snowball 2. And then in uh, in the episode where they're telling the story of Lisa's saxophone, when they're also talking about Homer needing an air conditioner, Snowball is actually looks kind of different. So there's a, there's a big discrepancy on that character. A lot of discrepancies for a dead cat. So, yes. What does Bart do, Dan, as he's going up the escalator? Well, he's being told to hold onto the handrail and to not spit. So what does he do? Let's go to the handrail and spits. It lands in the ocean, so that's okay, I guess. But it immediately turns into a slide, and it's like, we told you to hold onto the handrail and to not spit. <laughs> so he 
percent straight to robot hell. I mean regular hell. Regular hell. <laughs> I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Let me introduce myself. I'm the devil. He's like, let's go over your file here, Bart. He goes, oh dear, you're not scheduled to arrive until after the Yankees win the pennant again. That's nearly a century from now. That's, well, <laughs> it's seven years from then. Yeah. <laughs> it was six years from then. <laughs> That's like when, uh, when God tells Homer, you'll find out the meaning of life when you die. And he, Homer's like, I can't wait that long. You can't wait six months? I guess I guess the theme is that this family is always like one step away from death. But yeah, so uh, Bart's like, "Is there anything I can do to not come back here?" He's like, "Well, yeah, but you wouldn't like it." And Bart's like, "Oh, cool. I'll see you later then, man." And he, as he's going back up, you see Rod Flanders checking in to the hospital. We see Jacques about to get an enema, and then Bart returns to his body and wakes up in the hospital and his family is so glad to see him. And he does the end of Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And you were there and you were there. And it, wait, who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Lionel Hutz. Oh yeah, you were the man that was chasing Bart's ambulance. As Phil Hartman, his first time as Lionel Hutz. Uh, yes, love it. Love Phil Hartman and of course Brad Bard was, or Brad Bird, Bard Bird. I'm not going to get over the fact that I wrote his name as Bard last week, so I'm going to keep calling him that. Are all behind this, and Phil Hartman was one of the genius guest voices. Probably, next to Kelsey Grammer, probably the best guest voice they ever had in the show. And in, in all honesty, because Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure are brilliant characters. And you know that uh, Zap Brannigan was supposed to be Phil Hartman, right? That's why Billy West does a Phil Hartman impression when he does the character. They wrote that character to be Phil Hartman. Uh, what, dead. I, started, so, yeah. I know. What could have been? But yeah, so... Uh, I mean, his wife murdered him, but... Uh, I know. Uh, so terrible. Yeah, so here's my card. It turns into a sponge when you put it in water. There's a callback to that, too. And uh, so, of course, he's all... He's basically just trying to... He's doing the sleazy lawyer thing, the ambulance chaser lawyer thing. You know, get get your cash. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to... Let's gonna... sue the hell out of the guy. Who is it? Oh, that's my boss. Yep. Of course, when Dr. Hibbert arrives, he's just like, oh, you've got a broken toe and a bump on your head. And he does. He touches it, and Bart goes, ow, quit it. Quit it. The uh, Christmas episode callback. Ow, quit it. Quit it. I like Marge. She's just like, is it, when can I start just motherly smothering him with? (laughs) He's just like, all right, so Bart, go ahead and go home and and rest up. So of course, uh, Homer's at work and Lenny and Carl are asking him, they're like, hey, here, uh, Burns right over your kid. He's like, yeah, he goes, I should march into Burns' office and give him a piece of my mind. And that's when Smithers shows up and goes, Simpson. Burns wants you to march into his office right now. And there's Burns surrounded by his lawyers. He's got like, what, like seven lawyers? Something like that. <laughs> he's like, ah, it's nice to meet you. And of course, Homer's like, uh, nice to meet you too. Because they've clearly, I mean, they just shared a beer at a ball game together. 
They were buds. And he's like, my lawyers would like me to offer you a very fair cash settlement. So he, he's got like that super old checkmaker where you got to punch in the numbers like a typewriter. And he's struggling with it, of course. And he so gets to actually pull the print part down. Yeah. Know? And he offers him $100. He's like, but this won't even cover Bart's medical bills. And he's like, oh, so that's how it's going to be, huh? Fine, then I guess I'll just have to crush you like this paper cup. And then, of course, he struggles to crush the cup because he's a weak, frail old man. <coughs> and Bart's like, well, take this to the courts. Now throw, your, now throw him out, Smithers. And Homer's like, you don't have to do that. I'll throw myself out. So Homer exits the office. Wipes his sweaty forehead with Lionel Hutz's card, and what does it do, Dan? It becomes a sponge. Oh, well, at least he at least he didn't lie about that. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that uh, we're gonna call him." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, so gonna we're gonna have to call this man." So of course, as soon as the lawsuit gets filed, Burns wants to friggin' fire Homer. And Smithers is like, yeah, we'll let the... You probably shouldn't do that. That might be bad for your image. So he's like, fine, I'll bide my time. Well, that's before he's like, imagine what the headlines would say. And it's all him imagining, oh, yeah, he's a hero because he got rid of that idiot. And, and go, Burns, go. And yeah. Another smart move like, by Burns. Yeah, and your point is... <laughs> So, of course, Homer goes to talk to Dr. Or, uh, Lionel Hutz, and his office is in the mall. <laughs> My favorite is when he's like, any calls for me? And she's like, calls? Oh, calls. Uh, uh, she pulls out the notepad with the pre-written shit on it. Yeah, the Supreme Court wants your advice on some freedom thing. And he's like, yeah, tell him I'll get back to them. He's got, like, the whole sleazy thing. He's in a shitty location. It's like a... When you see uh, friggin' uh, Saul Saul Goodman's office for the first time, better get sad. Yeah, when you remember you see his office for the first time, and there's like there's like a mother with like three kids, and the baby daddy's all tattooed up, like waiting in the waiting room. It's just loud and obnoxious, and he's operating out of like a mini mall center, like next to a dry cleaner. <laughs> You gotta love the the law offices that are always in the worst possible locations. And this guy's just... It's better than in Better Call Saul where he's literally in the back of a massage parlor. I know. Nail salon or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He's literally like in a closet in the back. I haven't watched a lot of Better Call Saul, but I remember I only watched the first two seasons. I was under the impression it was only going to be two seasons. And then when it ends, ended that way, I was like, what? (laughs) And then just never got back to it in season three. I'm gonna have to. I'm waiting for the whole thing to be available, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna just binge it like I did with Breaking Bad. I'm, I'm actually looking for a Breaking Bad rebinge anyway. Yeah, I can't do it. Those shows are too intense. Uh, I think I want to, I want to try it again. I mean, I did. I'm gonna do Sopranos again. So, <clears throat> so, so basically, Lionel Hutz is like, I'm gonna get you a million dollars. And 50% is part of my fee, but you'll be getting more than just a lawyer. So he's like, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to stack the deck pretty much. So, of course, 
He brings the family to see Dr. Nick Riviera. <laughs> you see this here? That's whiplash. And this part here? That looks like my fingerprint? Oh, that's trauma. Then he wraps him up in bandages. You know, puts him in a wheelchair. And Marge is having an issue with this. Because this is morally wrong. But... Lionel Hutt says this is the only way to get that cash settlement. He even he even asks if Bart can roll his eyes back like the Undertaker. I mean, like I'm dead. This, yeah. this kid's a pro. <laughs> he's a natural. I also love all of Hutt's fake diplomas because he's basically got like a printout diploma from every single school ever, including like MIT and stuff that would have nothing to do with being a lawyer. <laughs> I also like that Dr. Nick also operates out of the mall two shops down from Lionel Hutz. So yeah, that's that's their uh their plan to go for the court case. And he's just you know, and Marge is like, you know, Dr. Hibbert, our family physician for years, thinks Bart's gonna make a quick recovery. Will I be able to play baseball again? No. <laughs> but I played baseball this morning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Am I going to die? Yeah. In fact, that's the thing, right? Is like, Homer's like, Dr. Hibbert's is just boring. And that's when Marge has the first realization that, like, this is all about greed. And she's absolutely just horrified that they're going through this. You know? It's just like, you know, Burns is going to demand Bart tell the truth in court. And he's just like, well, what is truth anyway? <laughs> So here's the classic Marge thing is she knows the right thing to do, but she doesn't do it until it's the least convenient because we're only 10 minutes into this 23 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so of course it's time for the big court date. Judge Malton is residing. Who is judge Snyder? Just white with a slightly different voice. And of course he's just like, hello, Bart, you know, the difference between telling a truth and telling a lie. Sure. You wouldn't lie to the United States of America, would you? No? Okay, then. So I love their their super exaggerated stories. Like, in Bart's version, he's, you know, being peaceful, and the luxury car of death is out to get him, and like... The crosshair for a... (laughs) Yeah, Smithers has binoculars, and he's pointing out where to get the helpless kid. And then in uh, Burns' story, which, of course, he has written down on a notepad that nobody calls him out for. He's like that uh, he was hit intentionally. And then Burns was like, no. Smithers like, oh, we'll just leave him. It's like, how have you no heart, Smithers? God, take me. I'm old. (laughs) We must. Oh, yeah. They're on their way to deliver toys to the orphanage. But of yeah, course, and then everyone else believes him. He's like, "Oh, come on! You didn't believe anything. You believed all that crap he said." <laughs> yeah, you believed his bulk flop story. <laughs> and then he's—I love when he's in like the the quiet room talking to his lawyers, and he's screaming at them. And you can see the lawyer like says something that's incoherent because of the room that they're in, and Burns is just screaming at them. Hang your heads, and they all hang their heads. <laughs> 
So, of course, the blue-haired lawyer, who is actually a pretty prominent Simpsons character, but he's has never been named. He's, he's, you know, the prosecutor, the bad guy, lawyer, Yeah. whenever there's a court thing in the show. So he's just, I mean, everybody is just mad at Burns' story. Even Smithers was mad about the story. So the Because lawyers... he took Smithers into him. Yeah, pretty much. So, so Burns is like, all right, guys. Why don't we settle this man to man? Come over to my estate, and we'll have a we'll settle it like gentlemen. Of course, he's you know he's he's serving them wine, trying to get him drunk. Yes, uh, you're trying to get me drunk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that fellow there was the last Indonesian rhino. <laughs> so he's bragging about wiping a species to extinction. Is African endangered rhino? <laughs> yep. That there that's a callback actually. Whether that was intentional or not, but... Grizzly bear underwear. Turtles next, he's got a share. I like when he's like, we're settled this man to man, and Homer's like, you want to duke it out? He's like, no, no, no. Here's a check for $500,000. Which, of course, I would have taken that cash settlement and fucking ran. If you actually think about it, that's what Homer should have done, because that was going to be his cut anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing right is i mean that's the thing about the whole system is you say a million and you take you know half well that's 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 what you do if you're you know you're selling your car or something if you 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 sell your car for ten thousand somebody offers you eight and you take it because you would have actually taken six but you go for 10, someone offers you eight and you take the deal because you're still getting more than what you expected it's like when you're playing deal or no deal Right, you have to know. You know, you're not getting a million dollars, but if that sucker gets you to like fifty thousand, you take it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like with Kenny. Well, what's the, what's the famous Kenny Rogers song? You gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Exactly. No, the famous Kenny Rogers song. You mean uh, I just checked in to see what condition my condition was in because he was in that group. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we could oh, actually yeah. we could actually tie that to this episode because what condition was Bart in? <laughs> I mean, if you really want, we can always you can always tie it to the Simpsons somehow. So home of course I love the classic the classic like the classic villain trope where they're watching through the eyes of the painting. Smithers is the dog and Burns. And of course, Burns is all excited, waiting for Homer to take the deal so he can just get, you know, get through this. And Homer's like, he's only offering this to us because he knows he's lo- he's losing. I spit on his offer. And misses and spits on the chair. And that's when Burns is like, I feel faint. And Marge is like, but we can't keep going through this with these shady lawyers and phony doctors. And Burns is like, oh, hello. Then Marge says, you know what I would settle if it were up to me? Bart's medical bills and an apology. And, and you will get none of that. Yep. <laughs> Burns rescinds the offer and releases the hounds on them. Release the hounds. So the next day in court, the blue-haired lawyer calls to the witness stand. Blue-haired Marge woman. Simpson. Well, no, he calls Homer. Oh yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Homer, Homer J. Simpson. <laughs> Mrs. Homer J. Simpson. So, this is, of course... <laughs> it's funny when they do that. 
like like I, it's one thing like when they get it when you get like announced at your wedding reception because that's like an official thing but it's just yeah. like oh come on <laughs> it is actually pretty funny <laughs> it's just <laughs> okay <laughs> So, Marge swears to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help her God. And Lionel Hutz is like, she sounded like she meant it. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer's like, don't the truth. He knows what's coming. So he's like, does the name Julius Hibbert mean anything to you? Well, yeah, our family physician for years. But wait a minute, I'm confused. We heard expert testimony from one Dr. Nick Riviera. He's like, why wouldn't you use your real one? He's like, well, you know. Uh, and, of course, the lawyer's pressuring her, you know. he, he I, I like what she says. If you can't say something nice about someone, don't say nothing nice at all. And Homer's like, does that work? And I was like, no, I've tried it before. So she's like, yeah, I don't think that uh, Dr. Riviera is even a real doctor. Which, of course, now they're just like, damn it. Because Hibbert's earlier prognosis is that Bart was going to be fine. He's like, well, what about Bart's mental anguish? She's like, well, you know, he had to miss three days of school. He doesn't really like school. It was really harder on me having him around the house. Of course, Bart gets mad about that. And he's like, what about a monetary thing? She's like, well, we pay Bart $5 a week to take out the trash. If he'd been able to do it, we could have paid him the $5. The lawyer's like, but your lawyer is asking for a million. Guess we can't blame him for trying. Do you also notice the animation error when the blue-haired lawyer is grilling Marge? He's sitting in the background at the table with Mr. Burns. Because, you know, The Simpsons. So, Burns makes the Homer one final offer. And Homer sadly has to take it. Because they got caught. And now they're having the Yeah, they're having the family dinner. And all Homer can do is think about how his wife cost him a million dollars. And of course, you know, Bart's just like, man, that would have been cool. And as Homer This would have been better as like a sequel episode instead of like the last five minutes of an episode. If the Simpsons had the wherewithal to do stuff like that, then yeah, absolutely. They've only ever really done one two-part episode, though. It was a, And it was one of the best episodes of the entire series. But they never really did two-parters. So, Homer just slyly asks to just go to Moe's, politely. And as Marge is like, my women's intuition is telling me something. Oh my god. She has that moment of realization. Because Homer doesn't even know if he can face his wife anymore. And the best part is when Marge shows up at the bar and friggin' everyone, including Barney, is acting like they've never seen this woman before. <laughs> Homer's like, guys, that's my wife. They've never seen any woman before? Yeah, they've apparently never seen any woman before. It's like on Big Bang Theory when Penny walks into the comic book store for the first time and everybody looks like they're about to have an aneurysm. Because there's a woman in the comic book store and she's, like, terrified. And Leonard's like, oh, don't worry, they're more scared of you than you are of them. She's like, yeah, that's unlikely. So, Marge is like, Homer, what what is happening right now? 
And Homer's like, Marge, I'm worried. I'm not going to see my wife or the mother of my children. I'm just going to see the woman that cost me a million dollars. I don't think I love you anymore. And of course she's But don't worry, I'll still do my husbandly thing. He said I'll still do the bed stuff. Yeah, I'll still do the bed stuff. So she's like, Homer, I don't want to wait here another minute to find out if you love me. Look me in the eye and tell me. So he's like, fine. Start at the feet. Still mad. Good, Homer, good. I need a beer. (laughs) Of course, he's like, my love for you will never die. Looks his wife in the eyes. And that's all it takes. I can't stay mad at you. And they they kiss and make up and they cry and everyone sheds a tear. And Mo goes, for the next 15 minutes, one third off on every picture. Hey, domestic beer only. No sharing. And we end the episode on a happy note? Question mark? <laughs> yep. So, of course, uh, the episode was inspired by... The Fortune Cookie, the Walter Matthau film, where he plays a dishonest lawyer who convinces Jack Lemmon's character to fake an injury for a large cash settlement. They also use The Verdict and To Kill a Mockingbird to get all their angles for their courtroom here. Again, John Schwartzwelder, but the ending was pitched by James L. Brooks because he's like, we need an emotional ending instead of, you know, just uh, just the court case is over. Sit. Uh, character debuts include Lionel Hutz, the blue-haired lawyer, and Dr. Nick Riviera. They actually... Dr. Nick Riviera is supposed to be Hank Azaria doing a Ricky Ricardo accent. <laughs> but the animators did not know that, and they made him look like Gabor Casupo, their supervising director. Yup. They thought he was doing his voice. That's one, that's like my favorite <laughs> production note. That's freaking hysterical. <laughs> uh, so some other trivia here. The computer the devil's using for Bart's record is a Macintosh. Uh, let's see. We, uh, we, we, we got the Wizard of Oz reference already. Of course, Please Allow Me to Introduce Myself is a reference to the famous Rolling Stones song. Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, in Dr. In Dr. Nick's office, there are signs that say, yes, we use anesthetic. And one of the diplomas says, I went to medical school for four, year, four years and all I got was this lousy diploma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they used script supervisor Doris Grew in this episode for the first time. She's the receptionist. And later becomes minor character Lunch Lady Doris. Grease me up, woman! Okie dokie. They used her just because she has a unique voice. <clears throat> there are Life and Hell characters, Matt Groening's comic, hidden in the, the witness stand, or in the courtroom. Akbar and Jeff. So if you're eagle-eyed enough, you can spot them. Uh, we did mention that Aunt Hortons, Great Grandpa Simpson, and Snowball One are seen in heaven. That this was Phil Hartman's first. Uh, When they show Bart's x-ray, of course, it's just a normal-shaped skull. But in later episodes, he has the spiky hair. And you know why they did that, right, with the hair? Because they wanted every character to be instantly recognizable as a silhouette. 
That's why all the characters have the unique hairstyle. The Al Quit It reference, which of course was a callback. Matt Groening says this came from his real life siblings, Maggie and Lisa. He used to do that to him when he was a kid. He got a lot of stuff, you know, his parents' names and everything. Yeah, the only character was was uh, Bart, which is just an anagram for Brett, which is what he is. <laughs> we mentioned the trivia note about the $500,000 offer and how stupid Homer was because he could have gotten that anyway. Uh, the Devil and Lionel Hutz were originally supposed to have scary designs, but the writers decided to make the Devil look comedic and Lionel Hutz look, look more bland. Uh, the vision of hell that Bart has was taken from the Garden of Earthly Delights. This is kind of yeah. interesting. I didn't even notice this. Lisa only has three lines in the whole episode. I didn't even notice that. And, of course, we know the next time the Yankees won the pennant, <laughs> even though the episode came out in 91, they won the pennant in 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2003, and 2009. So, nice try, Simpsons. So Bart died six and a half years later. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so, yes, that's uh, Bart gets hit by a car. What do you think, Dan? And it's not a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good episode. It's a, it's kind of a deeper episode in in a lot of ways because it it tackles uh, court cases on The Simpsons become pretty friggin' commonplace down the line. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they I think they even make that joke when they are uh, when they have the barbecue and Lisa the vegetarian. It's like, it'd be nice to get to know our, our neighbors outside of a courtroom setting because they're just in court so much. But that is part of the joke. Next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Another not-so-fun episode, but deals with a very serious topic. This was part of the show's uh, conscious setting to give more centric episodes to Homer instead of just Bart. Because people realized that Homer, there was like focus groups or something, and Homer actually was testing pretty well. People wanted to see more Homer-centric stories, and this is definitely a Homer-centric story. But uh, that'll be next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Uh, any final thoughts as we move forward here, Daniel? You still having fun watching The Samsons? Yeah. Good. So Always. We can... So would you say have no fear? Do we have podcasts for years? I mean, if we keep going, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll try to get this eventually on a, a two-episode-a-week schedule so we are... it doesn't take us seven and a half years to review the entire series. Because, I mean, Wrestle Talk, I know it would take way longer soon, than that. Soon we're going to be at two se- seasons a year if we do every week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, And we so. also had to have that long hiatus earlier this year when I was setting up Nerd Tables and trying to end Wrestle Talk. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best there. But uh, that wraps up this episode. 
We'll see you guys next week for another stupid, sexy podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs>